Welcome to Here's the Catch, the best, the greatest, the premier, preeminent podcast on the air. Undoubtedly. We actually won a bunch of awards. Unbeaten MVP of all podcasts. Today is March 29th. Today is Thursday, and that means it's podcast day. We've got a doozy for you, Cameron. What are we going to be talking about? Um, Obviously, well, not obvious. You could have missed it because there's been no tournament up to this point, but the final four starts on which is Saturday. weird. I thought you and Duke would make the tournament, but but I mean snubs are the snubs. All, all right. So Duke and UVA got snubbed out of the final four. I don't know why they put Loyola Chicago in there. Uh, we're gonna be talking about that. We've got the first team All Americans uh, opening day is today, so uh, we're gonna be learning oh. about some baseball. Well, I should say Isaac's gonna be learning about some baseball because he knows absolutely nothing. Uh, we've got a pretty fun segment planned for that, um, and we're going to get real uh, religious, and we're going to give um, some advice to NBA players from Jesus. All right. <laughs> Let's get to it. Here's the catch. Here is the catch. The catch. The catch. The catch. The catch. See, the NFL's trying to define what the catch is, but we already know. Catch. Catch. All right. Uh, Moving swiftly on. Isaac, who you got in the championship game? Michigan Villanova. So I'm I'm going chalky here, which is a little soft. A little Uh, soft, but I think also just, like, I think that pretty definitively those are the two best teams remaining. Yeah, those well. As far, think, sorry, as far as their as far as their matchups go, I think they have right. I mean, here's the thing: this is like the thing that's becoming apparent this week. So this is no longer a hot take. But Loyal Chicago is actually like really good. They're running like super complicated, high level offensive sets, like scoring the ball like really easily, and just look like a legitimate basketball team. I talked to someone who said. That, like they always got second in their conference behind Wichita State, and now that the Shockers are gone, they feel like they are the new Wichita State. Like they're going to be that mid-major program that is like consistently making deep runs and is really good. Um, was this one person credible? He said his brother goes to Loyola Chicago. So he's oh, like, so he, he like a like he a homer inside pick. scoop. He has the inside scoop. Yeah, he has the inside scoop. But the thing is, like, they haven't played a team as good as Michigan, especially defensively, where like. They, they Michigan put the absolute clamps on Florida State last week. There well, were like two I shot mean, clock violations. Sure, but people forget that Florida State was shit too. Like, I, yeah, Florida State wasn't very good. Like, you can like, you know, put some wins together in their upsets and stuff. Well, Chicago has played nobody. Like, they beat what Miami, who was mediocre at best in the ACC, and then they beat Tennessee. Yeah, so like they had one good win against a Tennessee team that's probably the like. 18th or 19th best team in, in the in the country, and then everyone else in their bracket lost, so they just got to like cruise in against like other pretty shit teams, and then yeah, and they've never played like a stretch five like Mo Wagner. They've never played like a one on one defender as good as Xavier Simpson. This is by far the biggest talent deficiency they've faced. So like it's tough, but then again, they're supposed to lose every game at this point, and they haven't. Yeah, but. There's also been a double-digit seed in the Final Four, something like three out of the last six or seven years, and they always just kind of yeah, get they crushed did. in this round. Like they, they, it's, it's like awesome, you've made it here, Final yeah. Four, that's sick. But then everyone kind of remembers that 
oh wait, you're actually not that good. Because the thing, like, because there's also there's no looking past them at this point. Like you're in the final four. Like, I, I know that I know that every team theoretically takes every game just as seriously, but I I, I would find it hard to believe that. And it hasn't been so much the case this year, just because they haven't played anybody to the level of Michigan. But the in past years when you know when when the when really good teams get upset by really shit teams, I think that it's. It just it comes like there is an element of overlooking and there's an element of like we should win this game. We are yeah, just better than like, this team. By the final four, that means at the least you've had four days to game plan for this team. So that's when like the Cinderella starts running into trouble. Yeah. What about on the other side of the bracket? What are you looking um, towards? Other side, I mean, I picked Villanova in my bracket, uh, and I I'm gonna stick with that pick. I think that I think that they were the best. I think that once UVA lost, I think that they were the best team in the tournament, and I think that. They've continued to show that. Uh, I think Duke could have caused them problems inside, but I just like Kansas plays a similar type of game with the guards, and then they've got um, Azubuke in, in, inside. But Villanova's guards are just better, deeper, better defenders. So, uh, um, you know, they, they've got uh, Wooden Award favorite Jalen Brunson. I I I don't see I don't see Villanova losing this game, and I I, I don't see them losing to Michigan either in the championship. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with you. This is the first game. This is the first game where I'm not shocked if Villanova loses, because Kansas is a really good team. But like like you said, they kind of match up similarly. They're two like jump shooting teams, well coached, smart, like veteran players. But Villanova is basically better at every single position. Yeah, and I think this is the point where like in the Final Four, the best team. I mean, the best player often carries the team to the championship, and Jalen Brunson's the best player left in the tournament at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pretty undisputedly. Like, maybe Mikhail Bridges is also on Villanova, but, I mean, who was it last year? Joel Berry was probably the best player in the tournament. There's, you know, Kemba, Shabazz, Anthony Davis. There's just a history of, like, the best player ends up winning at this point in the tournament because nobody else on any of the other teams, except maybe Malik Newman on Kansas, well, is going to take over a game well, the way Jalen Brunson did and has shown he can. Devontae Graham uh, is also phenomenal, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I just don't think that, that he's as good as Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson is the Wooden Award winner, and you know that'll shine through. I, I think I, I think Michigan had a had a pretty easy run to get here. I mean, they started to take care of business, and they did. So that that's that that's awesome for them. But I. That you know they they haven't beaten they they didn't have to beat UNC they didn't I mean, have to beat UVA or Xavier. Villanova, but I I agree. I think we're both looking at a Michigan Villanova championship with Villanova likely winning. It's kind of sad that we're chalky and agreeing with each other. This is one of the few tournaments where I feel like only one of the top six teams in the country. Well, like. Kansas, I, I'm not sold on Kansas as being a truly elite team, and so I think that there's just only one truly elite team left. Yeah, that's about Agreed, but, you know, crazy things have happened. Crazy things have happened. 16 seeds have beaten one seed, so. Uh, that's actually never happened in the history of the tournament, so. Oh, well. Tony made a coach of the year, just broke. Yeah, he is coach of the year. He, he, was, he coached his way right to a 20-point loss to a 16 he seed. Coached his way right to an outright ACC win and tournament win. What do you think about the um, first-team All-Americans? They were 
Marvin Bagley, Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton, Devontae Graham, Jalen Brunson, do you want to quibble with that at all, or do you think they got it right? It's it's hard to it's hard to talk that much shit about Trey Young because he did do so much, but Oklahoma was so bad. For- yeah, but he I don't know. I'm I'm for Trey Young. He led the country in scoring and assists. And I think you just like get on first team for that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, fair enough. But it's it, yeah, I just the swap I would make, and this is like super close, obviously. But I think I would have switched Devonte Graham and Javon Carter. Javon Carter's on second team, and I would have just flipped them because they're two like similar like guards in the Big Twelve, both like so instrumental to what, to what their teams do. I don't think either team like makes a trade between the two of them. I think they both believe in their guy. And I understand that you're going to reward team success, and Kansas was a better team than West Virginia. But I just think, like, what Devon, they have similar offensive stats with Devontae Graham having a slight edge, but what Javon Carter brings on defense, like, I think you just, like, are afraid of playing Javon, Javon Carter, Carter. less for Devontae Graham just because you have to game plan for, like, that. Nobody else is going to pick you up full court every single possession. And I think that's, like, a unique mark that he's made on college basketball for four years. And should have been rewarded for that over Devontae Graham. Yeah. But, I mean, he made second team. I'm not, I'm not too not too upset about it. I don't think that's a major snub. Yeah. I think he's getting the recognition he deserves. Any any big draft movers and shakers, do you think, after the tournament? I legitimately think, like, Bagley's draft sock should take a hit for not demanding the ball and scoring on Svi Mikhailuk in that elite game. Because... He just should have had such an advantage there, and he like didn't take over the game in a way he could have against a guard. Well, I, I, I'm gonna say this just from watching him. Like he, he's not really a give him the ball, let him go, make a play kind of guy. Like he's so athletic that he can control the offensive rebounds. He can stretch it out and shoot and. Uh, in the open floor, he can dribble like most big men just cannot. But the like he he literally has no right hand. I think that he attempted fewer than ten shots on the season with his right hand, and he That's scored it. a lot of points. So like and it that that became obvious later in the year, especially in the ACC. Big guys were just daring him to go right, and he often and he would go right sometimes, and still just finish with his, finish with his left hand because he is super talented. But it, it's it's tough to be in the NBA as a as a solely one handed. Yeah, but player. I imagine he'll work that out. I imagine some NBA coaches will be able to. Yeah, no, I mean I I still see him as a top maybe like seven pick. Oh, top he'll definitely. Five. Top yeah, but but the like, interesting one. Him versus Jaleel, where Jaleel was so polished offensively, and him, like, you could toss him the ball in the post, and he was going to get a bucket. Versus yeah. what you're saying now, where, like, Bagley's not nearly so polished, but he's way more athletic. And I think at the NBA level, it's the athleticism that, like, projects or is, like, a little more important, yeah. at least from what we saw from Jaleel. And at a, like, at a position where now if you're a slow center, you're just played off the floor. And Bagley's at least not a slow center. So, like, he'll find a spot. I still think he'll be really good. I think that he has one of the highest ceilings in this in this class. But I, but like to your point, I agree. I think that he should like. But if he can't be a go-to scorer in the NBA and is definitely at least right now not looking like a defensive anchor, then like. Oh, he he is he is not good defensively. 
Yeah. So then like his ceiling is a lot lower than, than it was in college. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so fuck Marvin Bagley is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Fair enough. Guy number one overall. Maybe. Probably not. Uh, one guy I did really like actually was Robert Williams, the Texas A&M power forward who he had the, the windmill dunks and those ferocious blocks and oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, he, he probably would have been a late lottery pick last year on, on the pure athleticism. And if he declares, he should be somewhere in that like 12 to 22 range again. And I actually really like him. I think that he is, I mean, he's already a defensive stud. He led the NCAA in blocks per 36, basically was being played like way out of position, like just because of the way that the A&M roster was set up. He was, he was always on, on the floor with a, with another big man or sometimes even two other big men. Yeah. So once he has some, so like once he has some space, like I've heard projections or I've, I've heard the possibility of him kind of being the Clint Capella type on an offense, like just four shooters and he's the defensive stalwart and then, and just like rim runners, like set screens. So that's the guy that I, 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 like I'd never heard of before the tournament and really liked what I saw through the tournament. And I think that he probably helped himself out. Yeah. I like that. And like, I would take Clint Capella as the 10 to 12 pick now. Cause you're just getting like a sure thing. He's not a superstar, but like, I'll take that. Yeah. Well, and we're like, don't forget the Rockets have only lost like one game with him, Chris Paul and James <laughs> all in the lineup. This is okay. We weren't planning to talk about this, but like, I'm legit concerned about the Warriors now. Yeah, with with, with, with Steph all four of them out, and like Steph out until the second round, probably. Like, because this is like, I think if they're at full strength, they're still better than the Rockets. But now there's no way they're going to be at full strength, just based on like chemistry and just like if Steph's playing a little tentative. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's coming. It's becoming pretty close to a toss-up for me now between the Rockets and the Warriors coming out of the West. I, I, I would actually wild. give. I would give the Rockets the slightest of edges right now. And I, I but I will say that th- this this could be huge for KD. Yeah, because because if he comes and takes over this team. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the last championship was him like hopping on already like the best team ever. This championship, if you know, Steph's hurt, and he, he, so he's clearly the main guy at this point. And I think Curry will be the main guy in the playoffs because Steph won't be 100%. This championship will be on him, I think, more than it will be on, 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 any, on anything else. And he, uh, I mean, he, he will so obviously benefit from having a great team around him, but... Uh, yeah, I agree. He's going to have to, like, put up numbers that he didn't have to put up last year. Even though, I mean, last year he was obviously phenomenal in the finals, but he didn't carry them through the whole playoffs the way he may have to this time yeah it's it's a weird thing like i don't know i think all none of the four of them really want to come back and play on their own right now because they're like hmm what if i'm (laughs) what if i'm not as good as i look like when i'm playing with these other three studs like i don't know what what kevin durant's injury is someone with his ribs and Draymond green's got a bruised pelvis seems pretty soft to me so so, slight theory is they're all scared to come try to carry the load on their own they're gonna have to do it as a package unit Damn. I kind of like there that. Out on these Warriors. All right. Um, let's move on Ooh, to right. some segments. Let's, uh, let's learn baseball, Isaac. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring back Let's Learn Sports um, for its second 
second ever segment. The way this is going to work is Cameron's a baseball guy. I'm not so much a baseball guy. So he's going to run through every division in baseball. He's going to just list out the five teams in that division in order of their win projection, except that he's going to lie by at least 10 games for one of those teams. And if I pick the team that he lied about correctly, I win. If I pick it incorrectly, I will inhale helium and speak in my helium voice for for a little while until the helium wears off, I guess. So should be fun. By the end of it, you'll know, and I'll know, uh, projected records of every team in the MLB, so you know how they each project to do this season. Plus, as we go, Cameron will kind of spotlight like the top players, top storylines to look for in each conference. So All right, exciting. This is a good new segment. We're going to learn about baseball. How are you feeling? Do you want do you want the AL first or the NL first? Uh, let's go NL. Let's go with the, All with right. the boys. All right. We'll start with the uh, NL East. So Nationals are projected to win win the division with 89 wins. Uh, the Mets, 82 wins. Then the Braves at 72 wins. The Phillies at 65 wins. And the Marlins at 64 wins. Okay. I know the Marlins are trash. I'm going to say the Nats are actually supposed to win 99, and you lied about that. Nope. Because the Nats are nice. <laughs> nope. The Nats are. The Nats could be nice, but 89 is still a lot of wins. Um, so who's the team? The, the team that I lied about was the Phillies. They're actually projected for 76 wins, not 65. 65 is really low. And the Phillies yeah. are, the Phillies are supposed to sneak back up towards being not horrendous. As far as big storylines for this division, I mean, it's it's really it's really the the health of the Mets pitching staff. I mean, they've got Thor, they've got Noah Syndergaard, who really could be the best pitcher in this division, even with Strasburg and Scherzer on the Nationals. They've got Mats, they've got Harvey, they've got. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> wow, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, (laughs) uh, and and then uh, Jacob deGrom as well so the Mets have really five starting pitchers that that could be the best rotation in the bigs if they're all healthy but they are like the Joel Embiid's of injury risk and have never as a unit had a healthy season last year they like only had one of them healthy at a time but they've got a true Cy Young potential winner with Noah Syndergaard and four like, potential studs behind them. So if they're healthy, then they could give the Nats a, a real run, run for their money at the top. All right, NL Central. We're going to have to speed up because this balloon is rapidly deflating. I'm trying to hold it together. All right. NL Central, we got the Cubs at 94. We got the Cardinals at 86. We got the Brewers at 79. We got the Pirates at 76. And the Reds. Only at 58 projected wins. Uh, Pirates. You went too high on the Pirates. They actually suck. Nope. The Reds are supposed to be at 71, close behind the Pirates, not 56. Dude, 56 and 106, that'd be a really, really bad season. That would be a bad record. All right, let let me get this helium. Um, As far as storylines to watch in this one, it's... Kansas out rebounded Duke by fifteen in the elite win. That is sick. All right. Um, uh, Go who's? 
the the Cubs, the, the question is, can they go back to their success from two years ago when they won over 100 games and ended up winning the World Series? Or are they going to struggle like they did last year? Last year they uh, had, they were actually under 500 in the first half. I believe they were 43 and 45. Uh, and then turned around the second half and, and still made the playoffs and made some noise. But if they can, they can kind of get all their, all, all their things in order. With this time, so that's good for them. They're a little more motivated. Yeah, you're right. All right, NL West. Uh, we got the Diamondbacks at 93 wins. We have the Dodgers at 81 wins. We've got the Giants at 80 wins. The Rockies also at 80 wins, and the Padres at 72 wins. I think the Dodgers are better than that. I think they're like at 91, close to the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually switched the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. So the Dodgers are actually at 93 and the Diamondbacks are at 81. Uh, the Dodgers should be, should be one of the better teams in baseball, although they did their uh, Turner, their third baseman, uh, Jacob Turner, was their best hitter last year. And if he's – and he, uh, I, I believe, broke his wrist. He has, he has some injury right now. So he, he's missing the first probably six weeks of the season. Uh, if he can't come back – Healthy and swinging and kind of get his time back, then that could be a big hole in the middle of their lineup. And I'm not a baseball guy, but I know you got to be swinging to uh, to be productive. That you're you're not wrong, dude. You are not wrong. uh, Who is the worst team in the NL? Uh, The worst team in the NL projected is the Marlins. Marlins got it. So for uh, for those of you out here learning sports, our listeners. You ever want to say? You ever want to say? Oh yeah, the Marlins are trash. Now you can. You will look smart. Also, the Marlins already lost today, so they're on pace for an 0 and 162 season. That'd be the first ever. The first ever. Yeah, um, there you go. You say, you know, the Mets could really make a run this year based on the health of their pitching staff. There you go. You sound like a smart baseball guy. Damn. Are you a smart baseball guy? I'm a smart baseball guy right now because my voice is at a deep and and nice baritone. <laughs> so, All right. Uh, All right, Isaac. AL, AL East. AL East. Uh, we got the O's at 89 games. We have the Blue Jays at 84 games. We have the Yankees at 82 games. The Red Sox at 80 games. And the Rays all the way down at 71 games. Uh, Yankees were low. I think the Yankees are projected to do super well. Uh, yeah, I actually messed up all five of those teams, so you were not going to get that one wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the Yankees are projected to be 95, the second most wins in the majors. Here's the catch. Here's the catch. We are out here on here's the catch. You, you got it right. You didn't have to do that. Next time. Wow. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here I am talking about sports. Baseball. What um, is the one to watch here, Cameron? All right. Uh, the if you have turned on Sports Center once in the last month, then you Grayson know that. Allen trips people. <laughs> well, that did happen. Um, it, if you have turned the Sports Center on in the last month, then you know that John Carl Stanton got traded to the Yankees um, from from the Marlins over the off season. He is. Uh, Either the best or the second best home run hitter in the bigs, and the his his partner there is also on his same team, Aaron Judge. So uh, that partnership is going to be one of the most fun to watch this year in baseball. 
All right, Isaac, AL Central. Indians, 94. Twins, 81. Royals, 80. Tigers, 70. White Sox, 66. Uh, twins, dude. The Twins are, are worse than you said. Nope, the Royals are worse than I said. The Royals are only expected to win 70 games, not 80. The Twins are supposed to be pretty good this year. They've got uh, Byron Buxton, who's... I, I'm not sure if this is his rookie oh, year, technically. Yeah, he is a he is a young, exciting prospect to watch. He was the number one ranked prospect John Wong, for best player in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't even say that without laughing, man. You can't even say that without laughing. Yeah, <laughs> that was a quick one. I just inhaled that; it went straight in and out. Now my voice is already back. Damn. So Byron Buxton, serious baseball talk. <laughs> that is a guy to look out for in the last division. Isaac, the AL West. Uh, I'm actually going to switch it up. Do you? Can you name the five teams in the AL West? I cannot name a single team in the AL West. All right. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yes, I can. The Angels. Okay. So the Angels are supposed to win 84. They're actually second, though. The Astros are supposed to win 100. Oh, they're good. Uh, the Athletics are supposed to win 80. The Mariners are supposed to win 80. And the Brewers are supposed to win 79. I think that you're lying about the athletics. I think the Moneyball, Moneyball City, they're actually projected to win 140 games well, statistically because yeah. Billy Bean is going to help them do that. Okay, so you're right. The athletics are supposed to win 140 games, but the actual thing I did there was I put a team not in the division in that uh, division. Yeah, I, mean, I should have known too because you've named every single team. Yeah, so the, the Brewers are actually in the NL Central. Uh, it's it. the Rangers are supposed to win 79 games. So if you have any more helium, hit, yeah, hit the rest of that. Yeah. Take a fat hit. Uh, what do we got? Uh, nope. RIP to the balloon. Let's let's do the backup punishment that we had on, okay. All right. on backup in case of technical difficulties. I'm just going to watch this highlight. Wait, this is a new segment called Name That Game. All right. <laughs> I just watched a UMBC highlight. They stole the ball and hit a corner three to go up 61-44 on the Hoos. But it's all right, though, because you guys came back, been. right? Yeah, we came back. We're in the Final Four. Don't you worry about it. Go Hoos. Hoos don't lose. Hoos. <laughs> all right, well. Uh, so that was a good segment, and now we know a lot about baseball. Baseball? Um. Yeah, I forgot to give some takes on the AL, so I'm going to real quick give one. Shone Otane, the uh, official MLB player of the Here's the Catch podcast, is no, starting today. Not. Is starting on opening day. He's hitting eighth and DHing. So pick him up on all your fantasy teams. Play him. Oh, how did they decide that? Is he a pitcher or a hitter or two different players? Or um, what are they I, doing? I actually drafted him in a league, and he's a pitcher slash DH, so you can either play him in your DH slot or your pitcher slot, but you can't get the points for both. Okay. I guess that's fair. Still. Uh, MVP picks, Cameron? Oh, MVP. Um, I'm going to go Bryce Harper, I think. Contract year. Contract year. Contract year, which I think is uh, 
while the fact that he will be a free agent is talked about a lot, it's more about where he's going to go. And I think that people aren't talking about it enough that he's about to hit approximately 100 billion home runs because he wants to be okay. paid $400 million. I, I read real baseball statistic is, well, I don't remember the statistic, but by some <laughs> percentage, baseball players statistically, sabermetrically do play better in contract years. They just like, for no reason, except that it's a contract year, hit better. So, I don't know. They focus more. So whatever it is, Bryce Harper's due for a hundred bajillion home runs and a World Series ring. MVP. Uh, well, I know. the World Series AL. ring, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, AL, I'm going to go Manny Machado, and that's literally the exact same argument. Ah, interesting. Well, Contract it's going to be Mike here. Trout. This is going to be the first time that I've I've bested you in baseball argument on our podcast. It, 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 definitely, it definitely could be my trap. Um, really all right. Well, let's now move into a new segment called What Would Jesus Say? Uh, if you've been on the Twitter, if you've been on the medias, then you would see that a bunch of NBA players have been coming out with some hot takes recently. Um, and... Well, and then also some some NFL guys have been reacting to the new rules there, and we're going to ask them, person to person, what Jesus would say. It's if, so. For example, um, LeBron James this week, when asked after another huge game, who he would take to MVP, he said, "I would choose myself," and he went up and followed that up with the reasons why he would choose himself. Cameron, what would Jesus say to LeBron James after that after that hot take? Well, Jesus, Jesus actually also has voter fatigue, so he, like the rest of the NBA universe, knows that LeBron can't win it because he's the actual most valuable player, which means it would make way too much sense to give it to him every single year. Uh, so he, like the rest of the NBA voters, because he does have a vote for the NBA, for the, for the NBA MVP, How could he not? He would Jesus. give it to James Harden. Well, <laughs> there you have it. Sorry, uh, Sorry, LeBron, but... Jesus got James Harden. I mean, I just think, yeah, you're right. Like, LeBron's still the best player in the league, but he is actually not having a better season than James Harden. Yeah. And it's just like, it's Harden's year in every in every way. The Rockets are running away with the West. The Cavs are, like, kind of struggling in the East. Yeah. It, He's just putting up numbers that no one's ever put up before. It's pretty, it's pretty rare that, like, you know, team success matters – hurts LeBron, but in this sense it actually does hurt LeBron because team success matters. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, I think it's too late even. I think even if LeBron, because for the last month he's been putting up like, like, I don't know, I think he might be averaging a triple-double with like 30 points or something. So even if he does that for the last 15 games, I still think it's too late. I just think Harden has such a huge gap opened up at this point. He's having such a good season. I I think that Harden's locked it up. There's just no... There's just no way it would it would change at this point. I think there is no harm though in LeBron gassing himself. Like he need he, it's fine for him to come out and like just remind the media like I'm still LeBron and like I still think I'm the best player in the world. I mean, as he should and yeah. and he is. So, so. All, all right. right. The next take that Jesus is going to comment on is when Gary Harris said that Jamal Murray and himself should be in the discussion for the best backcourt in the league. Isaac, what would Jesus say to that? Jesus would say, he would say, first of all, have you seen those boys in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> he would say, have you seen John Wall and Bradley Beal? After that, he would say, have you seen 
those boys uh, in Portland, he'd say, you're not as good as Lillard McCollum. He'd say, you're not as good as Steph and Clay. I don't, he'd say, you're not as good as Harden and Chris Paul nearly. So, like, no. He would basically say, like, nah, sorry, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. What you meant to say is, we are a very good and maybe overlooked backcourt in the NBA. But, like, you know, I'm as Jesus, I got, I got a little... Uh, I'm less impatient than you, and he'll say, just wait a couple years, maybe you'll get there. I've been watching the NBA since since its inception in Ooh. in zero, zero uh, AD. What's it called or, a, AD? Or, but like a a NBA. <laughs> See zero a NBA. Wait, can we, can so he'd we, say, you know, maybe, but not yet. That's what Jesus says. What what year are we in? A NBA. I have no clue. I'm not a scholar in that way. 1946. So we are in 72. Uh, 72 AMBA. I'm trying to get jobs out here. <laughs> well, just just don't send them this this exact podcast. Send them send them to one of the other ones. Next, we're going to talk about how Ben Simmons uh, was playing PUBG with Carl Anthony Towns. It's player unknown battlegrounds. It's essentially Fortnite, but different. It's a video game for our less informed audiences. Uh, and he and Carlton Towns was trying not to play another game, and Simmons asked him who he was going to play. And upon finding out that he was playing the Hawks the next day, he said, nah, you got plenty of time. Insinuating clearly that you Hawks could... Hawks are garbage, that's you, what he said. You, you, he said. you don't need to sleep or prepare. You just need to be alive in order to beat the Hawks. And right. then Carlton Towns went to score... A franchise record, fifty-six points and fifteen rebounds against them. So, not bad. What would you say? He'd say, "You're right, Ben Simmons. You do I, not need to prepare very much to beat the Hawks." Although it was low-key a close game, it was just that Carl Anthony, like, it was not Carl Anthony Towns' fault that it was a close game. Yeah, but people also forget that even if the Hawks were up two with like four seconds to go, they would have just scored a three-pointer on themselves. Yeah, because they are, they are in full-blown tank mode. How many points would Jesus drop on the Hawks in their current state? Uh, how many, like, is, he, is, is this pre or post-death? Uh, You're kidding, or yeah, <laughs> I'd say pre. pre We're talking miracle, miracle Jesus? Um, pre- water, water, water Jesus? Water into wine Jesus? Jesus would probably drop uh, seven. Isn't, isn't seven a big number in the, in the Bible? But then here's the other thing. He would have like 150 assists, though. Oh, that is that is actually a great talk. Jesus is not a selfish Not player. a selfish player at all. He's, he's the Rajon Rondo equivalent of a player that can like could actually score, but just chooses not to because of... Let's, let's peep this. Ooh, how, how, t- how tall was Jesus? 5'1", 110 pounds. Are you serious? Five, five, one. Well, it just says the average specs on a first-century Jewish male would have been five one and one hundred ten pounds. Wow. And but he maybe heard- Jesus was just like five four, and they were like, "Oh shit, this dude is big." <laughs> and we kind of what? Oh, so- what? What position? Like, like so. Th- this kind of goes into the like Abraham Lincoln, MJ LeBron debate for their era. Like what? What position would Jesus have played? Is he a stretch four? 
No, he's a point guard. That's what we got. He's got a he's a run the floor. Point forward though? Is he like a Ben Simmons type? Well, he's five foot one, so probably not. Well he we don't know if he's five five foot one. You you said he he could be five yeah. foot four. <laughs> uh, I think he's one of those guys who does not conform to the positional spectrum. You know, he's the Giannis, Giannis type guy Ooh. who you can just plug in anywhere. He'll guard anyone. He'll freak score athlete. Uh, yeah, freak athlete. Just great, great oh, player. Well, my thing is, how much defense do we think he plays? Because I feel like he wants to give points to the other team too. Oh, because it's rude. Yeah, like a steal. Like he, when you, he when you win, other teams lose is the thing. That Jesus would have to figure out. Hmm. I mm. I think that Jesus might pull like a Sue Cravens and just retire. The Sue Cravens is playing. He got traded. Yeah, like he might be convinced back into it. Like he, it might be a retire, unretire thing. He has this big deal about like being killed and then coming back. So I think that that's the like retire, unretire <laughs> type scenario. All right. So now we've learned a lot about Jesus on this podcast. Last, what would Jesus say? I've got. In response to the NFL rule changes, this is a lengthy quote from our very own Josh Norman, friend of the program. The best corner in the league, Josh Norman. Best corner in the league, undisputed. He said, I don't know what other way to say it, but this is football. I pray for the game and hope it'll still be winning. It seems that our day, game as we know it, is coming to an end. But really, we're all playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. Thoughts, Jesus? I I think Jesus is confused. I think Jesus needs like a... 35 minutes to break down this quote and figure out exactly what he's trying to say because we're all playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. Well, so that would be against the rules at this point, right? So is that how it's supposed to be played? However the rules say it's supposed to be played, that's otherwise you wouldn't be playing football, you'd be playing something else. I think Jesus says, like, like fair enough, these rules have changed and football is going to change a little bit with it, but, like, and also fair enough that, like, Goodell is giving lip service to player safety, and he's done this every year with safety changes, and they just like do not make a big impact. But that's the larger point: is like it's still just going to be football, and football is football. Guys will get hurt, and it's a fair point that players need to learn to tackle without using their helmet as a weapon. Their helmet needs to be like a protective device. Um, I will say though that Jesus is definitely a big anti-establishment guy. And so I think he'd be with Norman on just, like, whatever the league does is wrong. Yeah, Jesus doesn't like Goodell, I'll tell you that. Oh, Jesus is not a Goodell fan. Or Snyder. Jesus does not like Dan Snyder. Ah, oh, man. If only, Jesus, if only Jesus was the Redskins owner. He probably would have a different name, too. Oh, he'd definitely have a different name. Yeah, would have a different name. <laughs> the Washington Missionaries. The Washington. Um, I was thinking about a, a theoretical prop bet. Who... Like, which of these events is going to happen first? The Redskins win a Super Bowl, or the Redskins change their name, or the calendar reaches uh, twenty twenty eight. That is a good question. Um, I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl with the current name. I just think that's a karmic, like, sports justice thing, and like, they have to change the name. Will they change it by twenty twenty eight? Yes. I think I think they will. I think Dan Snyder is just eventually like how old is he? He has to just sell the team at some point or like he he's not old at all. He's like the second youngest owner in the in the uh, NFL. Dude, doesn't it? Sometimes I get sad because I realize I've like co-signed a piece of my happiness every fall over to Dan. 
fucking Snyder, and that just is a sad thing. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they should. We should start like a kind of a a, a teaching program in uh, in preschools everywhere before kids get into football, and we teach them about like owners and like what they're actually getting into. Because if I had known, I, I would definitely not be a Redskins fan. Yeah, me neither. I'd just I'd pick some other reason to link onto some other team. I just like, think the Ravens are close enough. They want to, they want a Super Bowl. Flacco's elite. The the future of sports has to be that all players need to just like realize they don't need rich guys to own their teams. Like the players should just own their own league, and then like set up whatever structure they have there, and they would like make the money that they're actually earning by playing rather than having half to go to owners. Um, and in that future, the Washington Football franchise wins becomes a dynasty, wins several rings with RG3 at the helm, or Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel's making a comeback. Oh, sort of. I, I, I was kind of confused why that was a big deal. It was just him throwing at a pro day at San Diego State, and all of a sudden people think he's back. Like, I don't well, know. Well, the if... big deal is like, that he's not an alcoholic anymore. Oh, well, I guess that's good. Is, you know, good for him. But I don't know if he can play football at NFL level. That's, that's to be determined. But I give him a shot. Well, I'd give Kaepernick a shot first. Shot first for sure, because he's proven to be a significantly better NFL player. But that's another discussion. All right, um, let's get into our last segment: the weekly this or that. Uh, Fortnite. Who would win a game of Fortnite? The NFL catch rule, and really the NFL rule changes in general or the MLB rule, play, rule changes regarding pace of play. Isaac, do you want to go first? Uh, no, you have to go first. Let's flip a coin. All right, I, I got tails. Oh, it's it's heads this time. Yes, it was definitely not fucking heads. Broken so, coin. Uh, you, you, you open up. All right, um, I'm going to go with MLB pace of play rules, and here's why. No, no, number one, they're trying to speed the game up, which means we're doing a lot less camping in bushes. And while short-term, you might die sooner because you're not camping in bushes, it, you also get a lot more reps and eventually get better at the game to the point where you can actually win like after you're not camping in a bush anymore. Secondly, MLB, we, like, w- while they are trying to speed it up, we all know it's a slow game. So you've got plenty of time. Like, what, what do you think the relievers are doing the whole game? They're just out there playing Fortnite Mobile probably on their phones, something like that. So. Lulls in the action in baseball. They've where. got they've got time to get like uh, you, you can usually get a full game in in between innings. But then if the pace of play speeds that up, that's less practice reps for the MLB players on Fortnite. Yeah, but it's still like it's faster by like eight minutes, but it's still a three hour long event. Yeah, well, so is football, and you know, players players don't play offense defense. So, Ooh. but I'll grant you that. I'll grant you that. All right, over to you. No rule changes will actually be the superior Fortnite player. They're all about player safety, obviously. We've covered this. So, like, what is safety if it's not being killed in Fortnite? Right? Like, this is, they're going to hide in a bush. They're not going to tackle anyone. They're not going to kill anyone. But if you hide in a bush, your odds of making that, that top 10 to play Fortnite are significantly higher than if you're running in there. Guns are blazing. So, yeah. the cowardly NFL way out is the better Fortnite strategy, I would argue. The, well, all right, the catch rule, I pulled this up. Just now. The rule is that they have to get two feet in bounds. They no longer have to uh, complete the catch through the ground, whatever that meant. 
and it's two feet in bounds, make a football move, which is a third step or like a reach for the goal line, whatever, or the ability to make that move. That's the new language they've added in there. So here's what I'm doing as a Fortnite player. Get in there, quit the game immediately, say, ooh, my Xbox glitched, but I had the ability to win that game for sure. <laughs> that, by the NFL natural, is going to prevail in this argument. Ooh, ooh, I've got, I've got another one, though. What would you just say? I've got another one. Uh, the MLB currently has a 90-second... Uh, it's like a pitcher warm-up clock, and like in between innings, like you have 90 seconds to get out there and throw your warm-up pitches. I believe in the new blitz mode, you also have 90 seconds before the the storm shrinks. So they are very, very used to that 90-second timer, getting ready for it, staying inside the circle. All right, so good arguments on both sides. Tweet us, tweet us, uh, email us, Skype us, Venmo us. <laughs> Ooh, Venmo us at at uh, Camderson actually. That Isaac ML. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, let's get into the grand finale. Finale. So we're just going to run through super quick. Mine's going to be very NBA heavy because we haven't done a ton of NBA talking. But the topics we forgot to touch on during this week, I'll lead off. Jalen Brown hit a game winner last night. Good to see him back from the concussion. Pretty cool shot. Good for him. Uh, the very first pitch of the MLB season was a home run. So home runs are up this year. Good. Good. Uh, Dame, 41 points, plus delivery of his baby in the last two days. Pretty cool. Shout out, Dame Lillard. The Astros, the reigning World Series champions, also hit a, a first a, a leadoff home run this year, so they will repeat. John Wall, where are you at? We need you back. That's, that's on my mind lately. John Wall is day-to-day, but it's, it's time. We definitely need him back. Uh, Derek Jeter was being interviewed, and he talked about how many more, how many new corporate sponsors the Marlins have. So Derek Jeter officially sold out. Uh, two big March guys. Kemba Walker became the all-time leader in Hornets points. So cool moment. And Trey Burke is balling on the Knicks. He dropped forty-two the other night. Um, March pe- legends. People forget that LeBron is actually the most valuable player, but that most valuable player does not win the award. Two. Well, I made up two, but I was robbed two nights ago. Uh, that was actually mine as well. Isaac got robbed. So, my ex- so it, not if my you're ex- listening, sorry. if you're listening, Robert, you got any leads, or give if, a ship if back. someone pops up with back. an offer to buy, to sell you Xboxes, give me up. Uh, Markel Fultz is back. In other news, huge for the Sixers. Uh, and just did you see that Markel Fultz in his second game back injured uh, Joel Embiid? Though injured Embiid, <laughs> he hurt Embiid. So. So funny. The NBA is hilarious. Uh, I love the NBA. Yeah. Oh, and my final funny NBA thing is that Giannis and Stormy Daniels were the two features on 60 Minutes this week. Just a great pairing. Uh, do you see that Giannis didn't even know what 60 Minutes was until that they until they contacted him to interview him? I did not know that. He only knows 48 minutes, you know? He only knows 48. Yeah, he's a, he's a one-game player. Ooh, so watch out. If we're going double OT, triple OT, Giannis, probably not that good. Uh, and I just remembered this. Anthony Davis yesterday tweeted a Twitter poll, should I shave my brow? Just like 20 minutes ago, this poll closed. 51% of the 631,067 people who voted said yes. So if you listen to the poll, we're, we're going to see browless Anthony Davis if he's a man of the people. Do we think that he's going to shave the whole thing off or just the middle? Oh, if he just goes zero brow from, from unibrow to zero brow? I think, I, I, I think he should get rid of it. 
and just be like like a, a Chris Mack type type face guy. What a look that would be! All right, that's all we got. Catch us next week. Catch us next week after we find out that Duke and UVA are co-champions of the NCAA March Madness. All right, peace. Peace.